This Chad and Cheese Cult Brand Podcast is supported by Smashfly, recruiting technology built for the talent lifecycle and big believers in building relationships with brands, not jobs. Let Smashfly help tell your story and keep relationships at the heart of your CRM. For more information, visit smashfly.com today. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. What's up, Chad Bots and Cheeseheads? We're back. The Cult Gathering series marches on. Today, we have quite the treat for everyone. We have from Fiasco, James Bocher. Hopefully, I'm saying that correctly with yeah, the man. right Canadian accent. Probably <laughs> not. But James, uh, welcome to the podcast. Love, uh, love that you set aside some time and welcome back. Uh, wanted to chat with us for a second time, which makes me think you're either drunk or need some psychiatric help. <laughs> But uh, yeah, welcome to, sh- to the show. We missed you. Yeah, probably uh, a little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> so for those that didn't hear the first episode uh, or don't know about you guys, which Shame on you, let's be first. honest, are most Americans have no clue who you guys are. So, <laughs> so give us a little bit about you and a little bit about Fiasco. Yeah, sure. Fiasco uh, is an artisan gelato company in Canada, uh, which I acquired about 10 years ago used to be one shop and now we're available in all major grocery retailers across Canada. And uh, for me, the question always is why gelato? And the reality is it kind of chose me and uh, we can get into that a bit later. So it's it's all kind of a happy accident. The thing I love about it is, uh, you know, day in and day out, I get to build a company that uh, uh, great people come to work and, and it's kind of on the premise that I'd build a company I didn't want my dad to work for. So uh, it's, it's pretty cool stuff. Uh, you could also use some puns there. Like it's sweet as well. Sweet and cool. But, um, yeah, we're, we're only in Canada now. We're about to venture down South, uh, to visit some friendly Americans, uh, who like Canadians. So yeah, lots, lots of amazing things happening. Yeah. It's pretty simple. Uh, when you're bringing gelato South that you're going to have happy Americans, there's no question. Now you say that you wanted to build a company that your dad would be happy to work at and that that's actually the case right true story yeah it's uh it's been an amazing adventure um he'll celebrate six years with the team worked for a company uh prior to us that was was a pretty good company but i think they they didn't have a a great focus on developing uh what we'll call senior talent in a weird way because he is a senior and uh um he came to me one day and said uh i'd love to be your janitor and at the time we couldn't afford a janitor so i asked him (laughs) if he'd be our our shipper receiver and came, came over, um, you know, some days, uh, back then we'd yell and scream at each other. Uh, but I'll tell you, you know, one of the best worst decisions I made, but the cool thing is I get to work, work with my dad day in and day out. And as you get older, I'm in my mid thirties. It's, it's pretty special to, to get to connect with him as much as I do. So dude, I'm going to jump right into a conversation that we had started uh, before we pushed record because I was doing a little bit of research on you guys and turns out there's a fiasco gelato 
in oh, Maine. Wait. Yeah. Um, and apparently that's a big thing and you guys are making some big changes. So I wanted to just sort of dive into like what's going on there um, and how that can impact, you know, a company's brand. Well, it's actually G- gelato fiasco, isn't it? Didn't they yeah. just like take <laughs> your name and then they just bastardized it? I mean, uh, isn't that what happened? Yeah. You know what? Uh, the, the timelines are, are a little bit spooky. Uh, fiasco here in Canada. We were founded in 03. Um, we did all the trademarks across Canada, the US, Mexico, 06, and then uh, about 07, these guys rolled out. And I'm not sure if they have Google or, or Bing or Ask Jeeves. Um, but <laughs> I would, I, I think, you know, your fiduciary duty when you start a company is Ask Jeeves, you know, Jeeves, is there a, a fiasco anywhere? And he would have told you yes. Um, Yet they uh, they decided to to set sail, and um, around 2012 we got a, a nice letter that basically said you can no longer hold the marks down here. And the reality is, and and I don't think it's a bad thing in terms of law, but you can't hold hold a trademark in in the U.S. unless you operate there. And we were just we just weren't ready. We were uh, still getting Canada right and figuring things out. So you know, uh, yeah. So do you think it was a blatant you know, like? shoplifting of you guys and your business or was this a weird accident well i i think the word is too weird for it to be a weird accident to be honest but um yeah. i you know i've spoken to the guys there's there's not there's not a lot of anger or animosity there's a, there is frustration um the ironic part though is when i took over fiasco in 2010 mm-hmm. part of the deal was acquiring some of these these marks and names and um i wanted to change the name i was i was sort of steadfast on this is a terrible name you know it 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 means imminent failure uh, it doesn't really align with uh, with growing, <laughs> which doesn't go with gelato because there never have I had gelato and it's been yeah. a failure. Let's just put it that so way. It was, right? So it, it was uh, it was a weird time and I fought it for a while and then really the only reason I I kept it then was because I had this illusion that I I own the marks for for Canada, U.S. and Mexico. So then in 2012, when all this stuff happened and had to give it up, it put me in a st- tough spot. We're growing this really sort of prolific cult, uh, employee-centric brand, and then we end up, you know, down the road where we're across Canada and a lot of requests for us in the U.S., not only for our, our great product, but also for our purpose-driven mission that aligns with a lot of um, the mindset of of folks that want to participate in the brand. So it's kind of a weird spot to be. They just went through a packaging change that, um, you know, I, I don't mean to talk shit, but it's it's very it, it emulates another great brand in the US that I think is it's a little just too close to home I think so um you know I wish them well and uh and and you know hopefully the fiasco name works out for them I'll tell you the last 10 years are has have literally been a fiasco for us we've been through hell and back several times and now in my mid 30s I want a name that maybe aligns with like you know peace and sanity is like maybe the new, uh. new name for the brand peace and sanity gelato so, so are you in, are you in a place to talk about the new name and how you came up with it or is that going to be under wraps for a while well you know what i i really admire what you guys do and i I have a lot of respect and and we can probably layer it in here a little bit uh on and I think it'd be kind of special for the listeners to to hear it here first. Nice. So yeah, the uh, the ethos of the conversation of of what the name could be really came back to first of all, a brand name really doesn't mean anything. You look at so many great brands, and it started as nothing, right? Starbucks as this siren and this mystical tale, or you know, blue ribbon sure. sports that turned Google Nike. Yeah, like whatever. No one really yeah. cares what your name is; they just care what you stand for. 
And uh, so that kind of gave us a lot of latitude to, to do some discovery. Where we came to was um, my dog who, uh, who's actually with me today. He's 17 and his name is Shaka. And I got him when I came back from Hawaii in 2002, I think it was. And um, I, he just had this chill attitude, sort of surfer, this, this righteous energy to him. <laughs> and um, uh-huh. so then we were like, well, let's go with, let's go with Shaka Gelato. And so we asked 100 people to pronounce five letters and uh, it was Shaka, it was Chaka, it was Shaka Khan, it was <laughs> so then, uh, Shaka, Shaka, Shaka I, Khan. I, and one of the gelatos could be I feel for you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> oh that's good. That's good. So, uh, so yeah, we we kind of were like, fuck, this is not exactly the way we want. <laughs> we want. We don't want to spend time explaining how to say our name. We'd rather just tell people about what we do, you know? Right. So, mm-hmm. so we've danced around it a bunch. And uh, ironically, whether it's surfer culture or the energy of, of the Hawaiian islands, there's, there's a lot of cool words that come out of that. So that's where we're going with it. It's going to be a word that truly stands for building a company the right way, uh, the company that you'd want your dad or mom to work for, doing things right, all of that good stuff. So I'm going to, I'm going to predict Mahalo Gelato. I'm on record. Oh, that's, that's pretty good. That's a good guess. Gelato. (laughs) But it's never the word you think it is. Huh? Of course. It's too obvious. That's like a low gelato. I mean, we couldn't go wrong with either of those. Um, But I I think uh, that this one will uh, stand the test of time, be highly identifiable with, and uh, the wordplay a little bit for us gets us uh, a little bit more excitement like brands like Kind or Method that we look up to that have a, a word that really explains what they do. Nice. Dig it. Nice. But so you spent a good amount of money in branding fiasco so and it it is a brand that people feel you are a cult brand because people love your brand they love your product and you've been building that brand for so many years even through all the catastrophe the floods and and everything else that you guys the the rocks through the windows those types of things this still has to be a big move for you guys right Or, or was it really just one of those things where you know what this is refreshing because i've wanted to do this for so long well i think it's about 90 percent uh fear of you know the emotional attachment we personally have to things right right it's uh it's easy to say we're a big deal and we know the name, but you guys, before before you got introduced through through the fine folks at the gathering and some other great brands there, you probably had no clue who we were. And so it was a bit of discovery that ultimately led you to fall in love with Fiasco. And I think that's where we realized that six letters uh, in front of the word gelato don't define us. And the irony is, is that we have people, it happened to me this week, we have people participate and love love our brand. We are a beloved brand and not even know the name. So when I was at a, an event, I said, oh yeah, I, uh, I work with Fiasco. And then they were like, oh, never heard of it. What is it? Do you have some shops? What is it? And then I showed them the package. I opened up our, our Instagram account and they're like, oh my God. I have three of those in my freezer or my, that's the only one. <laughs> so, so they, they love what the brand stands for. They love the B Corp certification. They love the package. They love the flavor. They love the quality of the product yet. They don't know who we are, which is actually so magical. I like, I'm so in love with this idea that we have done such a job of being pervasive with the quality and integrity of our company that it's gotten uh-huh. us, it's gotten us licensed to literally not even have a name. 
Like that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. And and the first time that I think Joel or I have ever had a fiasco was when we were in Banff last year and it was magical. And I thought it was awesome. You brought it to Banff to the gathering (laughs) for everybody to enjoy. And that was, that was awesome. I actually went back for more just so that, you know, so I had more than. Yeah. We were short uh, a few. I was wondering where they ended up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, but tell us about, tell us about the, the, this rebranding journey though, because this has to be something that you guys have really thought about. You are seen in your country as a cult brand, whether it is the container, what's in the container, right? But it is still seen as a cult brand. Talk to us about this this new journey that you're embarking on and, and, and where do you go? How do you do it? And how active are your employees in that journey? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, it's no secret. I, I lead the company um, holistically and, and like a tribe. So when we've got, you know, mini or, or mega decisions to be made. There's, there's often gatherings and, and this, this continual improvement about thought leadership amongst the, the folks that I get to work with. And where it started was I said, you know, we have these viable opportunities to enrich people's lives in America, but we can't exist under the same name. So we either have to give up what I would call cult status. There's no great cult brand in the world that has one name in one country and another name in the other. Right. It just doesn't, it doesn't lend itself to, to being a prolific cult brand. And I said, we can do that. We can call it, you know, shock gelato in the States and we'll call it fiasco up here and try to try to work through it from a PR standpoint or a communication standpoint. Or we can just say, you know, it's been a slice for the last 10 with this word that has survived four fires, a flood, two recessions, and all the shit in between of bootstrapping a company. The fiasco. <laughs> yeah, it's literally been a fiasco. Uh, or we can say, you know, what's, what's, who are we really? Because we, we kind of, we kind of got this when I acquired the company, we, we kind of were told what our name was, you know? And, and I think this reinvention and new discovery of like really at the core and the heart of, of our brand, the team has been so, so on board. And I think the, the cool thing about employing young folks and, and having them in the room on these, these mega decisions is that I, what I, what I sort of call like this, this blissful ignorance, it's like, you don't really know how hard it is or what the consequences are. You just kind of get what you want to do. Right. So you, I think I liken it to like being a kid and you're like, man, I want to, I want to swim across this river. And it's like, it's like whitewater rafting river (laughs) and you just go for it. And yeah, sure. You might bang your head or do some stuff, but you ultimately just figure it out while you're in the water. And our team is the same way. We're looking at this, you know, not as like, oh, how much do we got to spend to tell people our new name and yada, 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 and so on and so forth. We really just got to a point where it was like, this gives us so much energy internally as people that this gets to be ours wholly and fully. And we really get to, to share a deeper story about who we are and what we do. So being excited instead of afraid. Exactly. There's a great John Wayne quote. It's uh, courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. And uh, I, I have a quote on my office. Door. Duke. Yeah, I have a quote on my office door that says tomorrow you'll be glad you did it today. And so we've I don't want to say we've procrastinated it, but we've we've been thinking about it for a while. And I think where we kind of got to is 
you know, I was celebrating 10 years of, of my leadership of the organization since acquiring it in 2009 and really sort of uh, an understanding that, that the fans in the U.S., deserve to to be a part of the brand and and we really want to have a, a strong impact whether it's on the employment side or on the community side in the united states there's lots of uh lots of problems to solve and lots of things for us to to help put our our, uh, our fingerprints on to make the world a better place we'll get back to the interview in a minute but first a quick question for chris nealon about the gathering of cult brands the vast majority of our listeners are in talent acquisition, human resources, recruiting. Many of them, if not all of them, have never heard of the cult gathering before maybe we, we started talking about it. For those who are now learning about and maybe asking, should I attend or should we send someone, what message would you send them? Yeah, well, that's why I'm so grateful to have met you guys, frankly, because for years we've been talking about this three-legged stool of customers, prospects, and staff, but we've been underrepresenting the staff portion in terms of our attendees, in terms of some of the subject matter experts that should be there. So even though the CEOs and the brand leaders will talk at length about the things they do to enhance their culture, we haven't had an equal number of people in the audience to be able to action that great advice. So yeah, I would say again, anybody who feels a responsibility to create a business that people will care about, and those people can be customers or employees, would have a ton to learn from the you know the most notable brands on the world, getting a sneak peek into what are their talent acquisition strategies. You know, one of the things that we even ask in the interview process is what percentage of your new hires come from employee referrals versus more traditional headhunting or recruiter fees. Uh, you know, you talk to somebody like Zappos, they have 20,000 people on a waiting list in order for the privilege to go work inside that company. Unfortunately, they're the exception, not the rule. And that's because lots of brands have lots of room for improvement about how they're going about nurturing their talent acquisition strategies. Register now at ColtGathering.com. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transformed, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcast, and now available on YouTube. Although you're a, you're a brick-and-mortar company, for the most part, your your digital footprint is is really intriguing to me. Um, a few things to highlight: your website has an actual part of the na- main navigation is culture. Um, your your link to jobs doesn't say jobs or careers; it literally says dream jobs. You're pretty much on every social media channel, um, which drives sort of that culture and that brand. Talk about just I guess holistically how you look at your digital footprint and how are decisions like calling it dream jobs, which let's be honest, that's a pretty bold statement, right? (laughs) As as opposed to just jobs, like how are these decisions made and how are they maintained? Well, I think there's, there's sort of two parts to that. The first one is I, uh, I, I really challenge brands to, to like own who they are. So, you know, if, if Nestle put dream job up, you know, I don't know if that's the right move because I think that it's, they've sort of exhausted their, um, 
maybe their credit on being a great employer. And they might be for some folks, but they're not for everyone in the organization. So the first is kind of like right back to where we started having my dad in the organization and the decisions we make every day. Like I was raised with, you know, old town values and he gets to witness this every day and challenge whether or not that is that is in line with who he raised essentially. So, you know, it's, it's easy to make decisions like right now we're working through, um, uh, maternity and paternity leave. And the question is not how much will it cost us? Um, it comes back to like, when is a kid fit to go into, um, childcare? And really the answer is like 12 to 18 months. So, you know, I know it's a bit different in the U S but we're, you know, in terms of this, this dream job and this culture we're creating, we're going to do a top up uh, for, for employee salaries for 12 to 18 months while they, they raise children. So if that's not a dream job, then, then I don't know what is because we really focus on, you know, a long-term strategy of, of changing that, you know, most people work for companies now two to three years and jump around and yada, yada, yada. And us saying, how can we be flexible, nimble and, and care enough truly about our folks that we get to work with to do those types of things. So I think that the reason we aren't afraid to say it online is because if you come into our building or you meet anyone on the team at any moment, it is palpable and people communicate that to us all the time. So we'd be, we'd almost be lying if we didn't make it sound like that online. Well, that's, that's awesome. And, And you just talked about B Corp. Everything that we've talked about thus far is really been, it's been culture. Right. So, you know, Absolutely. on on the site, you talk about, you know, being a B Corp, uh, bullfrog power, uh, hop compost. If you're a person who cares about these things, it seems like this is the place you would want to work. How do you pinpoint those types of people or do they just find their way to you? Well, I would say we're fortunate enough that that lots of uh, the majority of them do now. And, and we kind of joke that, you know, getting a job at Fiasco is is maybe harder than getting into Harvard based on <laughs> a, a different uh, a different set of standards. And that's not meant to scare anybody. But the the reality is, is, um, you know, when you when you apply for a job, we go through a few checks and balances. But then we have what we call sort of the get to know them call. And it's just like, Hey, what are you up to? Like what's going on this weekend? And what we're really looking for is like, I, I hate this conversation about talent and I apologize if I offend anybody, but I don't think that the the quest right now to build, you know, a, a cult brand or, or a really great company should come down to talent. Sure. There's some positions like, especially in tech where like you need really talented folks. Right. I think the conversation really has to shift to quality people. And that's where I come back to like, in, in our process, it really, really starts to dig in on like who you are, where you came from, what you stand for, and if you truly want to be a part of this. So when when folks come to us and, and they discover us and then we get to sort of discover them, there's this mutual understanding of like both of these, both sides of these coins bring tremendous value to like living an enriched life, like being with people that you want to spend your weekends with or make best friends with or show up when their kid's born or all of those crazy things. And that's really what it comes down to when when we go through the process. So it it is hard. This kid, uh, I do what's called 30 Day Founder Coffee. Uh-huh. And so every every employee, no matter where you are, I was just in Toronto for one, 
uh, between your 30 and 90 day, you get to sit down with me and, and, you know, they're shocked that the CEO would take, you know, half an hour, an hour to meet them for coffee and, and wherever they live. And I'm like, that, that is like the simplest thing I can do. Like you're about to embark on this journey of building something that is so important to me and so important to our community. And if the CEO can't meet you for coffee and hear who you are and answer your, your questions, like that's, that's a problem. And, and the cool thing is, is like, I did one last week and this, this young guy, Bill says to me, I wanted to apply. I used to drive, drive by all the time, but I was too afraid. And then I'm like, well, why are you afraid? He's like, I just knew that that place was so cool. And then I'm like, well, how do you feel now? And he's like, he's like, I, like I am enough. And it's like, how cool is that? That this guy was like, didn't think he could get a job at a gelato factory, like kind of crazy, <laughs> because because the brand stood for so much. Yeah. And finally, when we listened to him and he got to know us, like he he is a tremendous contributor highly valued. Like how cool is that? I want to look at the flip side of this for a little bit and you can't make everyone happy. Um, looking at your Glassdoor reviews, mm-hmm. by and large, you guys are crushing it. Uh, I think you're a 4.3 out of five stars. I think your rating as a CEO is is above 90%, which is really solid. But you do have some people that criticize the culture. Um, just repeat, just looking at some of the reviews, uh, you know, someone said repeating the word culture does not create culture, um, et cetera. So I'm curious, how do you look at the folks that, that don't get it or don't, don't connect to what you guys are doing? Do you ignore it? Do you learn from it? Do you try to change or do you just stay the course when you look at, you know, employees that aren't happy in the culture that you've created? Yeah. So a couple, a couple things there. Um, I always share with our team, there's something to learn. So you might get someone that just is upset or complaining or, you know, truly underperformed. And this is their way of, of sliding the company when we ultimately had to say, you know, you're, you really, you you can't stay here because we, we really do need everyone to do their jobs. And that's, that's a collective mindset. Um, but when you read between the lines a little bit, you're like, okay, you know, like one person, I think in one of those, I'm, I'm trying to think back, but one of them says, you know, like um, uh, long hours for events. And I'm like, okay, like, I appreciate that uh, comment. However, I don't know if you've been to a festival where there's music and bands and like a really good time is what I would really just like have to. Um, and then you, you get to your job that you get paid good money to do is hand out gelato. <laughs> you know, there's a bit of a disconnect on like, yeah, it might've been a bit of a longer shift, but you're also in like the coolest job in the world right now. So maybe there's a bit of a, a, a trade-off. So what we learn from those things is like communicating upfront, you know, like you're going to go to this festival. Do you like music? Yeah, cool. Well, cool. Watch your favorite band when they come on and then, you know, hop back to, to the truck of the trucks there or the team and, and then keep rolling. Like we, we really treat it with, you know, you got something fun you want to do, travel, see a band, whatever, like that's not defined by the hours you work. And I think the uh, the other thing that, that kind of comes back on this is <clears throat> we have a very, you know, it sounds like really fluffy and fun. You know, we got this teal truck. There's a dog as a mascot. We make ice cream, gelato, whatever. But the reality is, is like the only way we've achieved what we have is is we're like an A team. And we, we don't really 
have an opportunity to to have this this what I would call like a regular business where there's this acceptance of you know not wanting to work with the person next to you who under contributes. So in the first ninety days, we have a ton of check ins. We're very serious about that probation period. And our goal, I always say once I've signed off, because I literally sign off on on their employment agreement, I say it's on us to help them win in the first 90. And sometimes, unfortunately, as an employer, it, you cannot get people to get out of their own way. And so they're, stu- they're stuck on something that has jarred them from the past of an employer maybe taking advantage of them or not treating them right. And then they come to us and they think we're like that and we're absolutely not, but we still sort of are garnered with whatever reputation their ex-employer did. So then when we say like, hey, like, you know, we need to move a bit quicker here, or we need to improve this or this, you need to know this kind of thing. And they sort of fight back. You know, I, I'm I'm at a loss at that point, and I always say, you know, it's 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 unfair for us to keep these people, what I would call, imprisoned in a company where they may not succeed. We need to set them free, and they're going to find another company that they're going to be great at. Everyone's great; they might not just be great in our company. Well, it's refreshing the simple fact that you you look at those and you take them to heart and you try to improve yourself because I can tell you a lot of companies you know, put their face in the sand and ignore it. So the fact that you at least read those and and act on them, I think is a a refreshing change from what a lot of companies do. Thank you. Yeah. It's, there's, there's literally always some to learn, no matter how frustrated or angry or full of contempt people are like somewhere in between those lines, there's something to take away. As you grow, because obviously you, you have your sights on the South, right? The United States. Uh, <laughs> so as you continue to grow, how are you going to have coffee with newbies? Um, and then also yeah. as you continue to grow, one of the things that uh, we, we heard from uh, Douglas uh, Atkin uh, from Airbnb is they had to identify when their culture was getting wobbly is what he called it. How do you guys do that? As you grow, how do you keep that delicate balance of a great culture and and doing once again um, what we're just talking about, being able to identify when there are some individuals who might not fit the culture and uh, you just have to make make those hard decisions or they make the hard decisions and leave themselves. How, how, do, you, how do you do that? How do you identify? How do you have that coffee? Well, I, I think as we continue to grow, I've, I've been steadfast and committed with this. So I'll just go back to a very simple concept. If if someone's going to join the journey to live out what effectively is is my dream, um, that I've enlisted the the support and and minds of of others. That's that's just that's on me. And so I think something as simple as you know, for our part time events team, you know, there's a group of them. So. I get together when they're doing orientation. And so it's not exactly a founder coffee, but I'm like, do you guys have any questions? Like, and I, I literally put it out. We, we operate on Slack and I'm like, if you ever need me, just reach out like no joke kind of thing. So yeah, if, if we jump into the U S and all of a sudden we're building this, this amazing brand team, field marketing team, that's going to go across and, and share the dream. Um, I'll get, I'll get on a, you know, a, a video Skype with them and we'll have a chat. So in one way or another, it's important that they feel safe, that they, have the opportunity to connect, maybe ask a question that they were curious about, about, you know, what the past looked like or what the future looks like. But more importantly, you know, knowing that at any moment they can jump into Slack or, 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 you know, even book, book five minutes with me or 10 minutes or an hour to go over things because I'm, I'm here to serve them. And I don't think that, that it would be it would be crazy to think that at a at a company that maybe has two or three or 
maybe even 10,000 employees one day Mm -hmm. that that could not just be the most important part of the role that I do because that that's everything. Like they, they serve all of our fans and that's, that's the connection that they need to fully and wholeheartedly believe that they have that same connection with me. Well, James, we thank you for your time today. Uh, for our listeners out there who want to learn more about uh, the company or you, where should they go? Yeah, fiascogelato.com or .ca, you'll find us. Uh, and if you keep your, your finger on the pulse um, right around the time of the gathering, actually, um, you'll see it start rolling rolling over to a, a new and exciting name. And we hope that all our fans and friends will join us on that journey and, and fall in love with, with uh, the new version of us. Um, we're not going to change too much out of the gate. We want to keep uh, visually the brand the same. And there's a lot of strength with that. Um, but we will be identifying with a, a new name that is uh, is pretty righteous. So now, does that mean the the free samples at the gathering will be the new <laughs> brand or the old brand? Because I don't think it really matters. But I'm just curious. <laughs> I just want to make sure there's free samples. Yeah, yeah, free samples is what we want. Yeah, they they will be there, and uh, either either they'll be the clear out of the old name or or the freshest new version <laughs> of us. Nice. Either way, just make sure you bring a little extra this time, please. Yeah, hey, no problem. And I'll try. To get some to Indiana for you guys. That'd be awesome. And, and with that, we out. We out. Peace. Testing one, two, three. Thank you for listening to what's it called? A podcast. Yeah. The Chad. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout outs to people you don't even know. And yet, you listen. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Not cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. There's so many cheeses. And yet, not one word. It's so weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, Visit www.chadcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.